Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Luis Obispo. With COVID-19 rates rising, California's Director of Public Health is urging anyone over 50 years old to have a treatment plan in place in case they get infected. CAP Radio's Kate Wolf has a story. Dr. Tomas Aragon says with COVID, flu, and RSV, the health system in California is strained. But he says people over 50 who are at highest risk can avoid hospitalizations with at-home therapies. Plan ahead of time so your doctor has it in the notes. If my patient uh, turns positive, I'm I'm not available, yes, please make sure they get on their, their medication. The Department of Public Health says the free treatment Paxlovid can reduce someone's risk of death or hospitalization by up to 90 percent. That medication must be taken within five to seven days of first symptoms to be effective. For the California Report, I'm Kate Wolf in Sacramento. California's COVID sick pay law offers up to two weeks of paid leave for reasons related to COVID, but it's expiring at the end of this month. KQED's Carly Severn has more. If you work in California for an employer with 26 or more staff, under state law, you are eligible to claim up to two weeks of COVID sick pay through December 31st. Workers can use the leave for a number of reasons, including getting COVID themselves or caring for a family member who's been infected. And even though the law expires at the end of the month, as long as an employee starts to claim COVID sick pay on or before December 31st, they can keep claiming the hours they're entitled to into January. Workers' rights advocates recommend that employees make their claims for COVID sick pay in writing, for example, in an email or a text message, as proof that they didn't miss that deadline. For The California Report, I'm Carly Severn. Most of the estimated 270,000 janitors in California work in a private sector. A new study finds their medium wages are well below what state law requires. KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports. The study analyzed government data to find the median wage for janitors is just $13.51 per hour. Yardina Aaron directs the nonprofit Maintenance Cooperation Trust Fund, which co-authored the report with the UCLA Labor Center. When you layer in all of the ways that wage theft shows itself for contractors who are undercutting the industry by not paying minimum wage, 
not only are they making it more difficult for responsible employers to compete, they're also straining the social safety net. The study also found that nearly half of janitors with children live in poverty and rely more frequently on safety net programs. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Yesterday, we told you about how some local indigenous leaders in Morro Bay have expressed concerns about the planned offshore wind turbine projects. While it's seen as a victory for renewable energy advocates, it's also raising safety concerns about one of California's treasures, the whales that migrate off the coast every year. KCBX's Amanda Wernick has more from a whale watching tour in Morro Bay. It's a sunny morning on the waters of the Morro Bay Harbor, on board a yellow whale-watching boat called Freedom. Tourists from all over California excitedly snap photos of the ocean life from seabirds to sea lions. Morro Bay is teeming with life, much of which you can see on board the Freedom. While there aren't any whales out today, they're a common sight here. But these waters will someday be filled with something else. Giant floating offshore wind turbines across almost 400 square miles of ocean. I have mixed feelings about it. I think green energy is great. That's Morro Bay whale watching captain Dakota Osborne, who's behind the wheel of the Freedom. He says there's been a lot of chatter in the local community about the wind projects. That's been a big uh, topic of discussion, for, particularly for, for boaters and people involved with the, uh, the local marine activities here for a few years now. And I've heard a lot of different things about it. I've heard that these things could be up to like 600 feet tall, so an enormous scale project. Osborne says Morro Bay is a hidden gem for whale watching. People you know like go to Monterey for whales, but Morro Bay has a good healthy population of humpbacks that feed here half the year, lots of gray whales passing through. Osborne says he's concerned that the Morro Bay wind projects could disturb the area's whales who use sound and vibration to navigate through the water. My biggest concern has been with the amount of noise they may put into the water, vibrations. Osborne points out that since there's never been a floating offshore wind project on the West Coast, it's hard to say how much whales in California waters would be impacted by this. Having something that scale, kind of in the middle of their migratory corridor up and down the coast here, is something I would like to see a little bit more hard data on as far as the amount of noise it's going to put into the water, different distances from those turbines, the vibration. Scientists are still studying the potential impact the wind farms will have on whales and other wildlife. But the project could also bring benefits to the region's marine environment. 
Morro Bay whale-watching deckhand Amy McKellar says while she's concerned about the project, she feels optimistic that it could benefit the ocean ecosystem. I think it could be great. I actually think it would create reef structure and potentially bring in some animals underwater. Dakota Osborne says it's not just the animals who could be affected. If whales someday come through this area in lesser numbers or not at all, it affects his livelihood too. I would hate to see the whales avoiding that area, potentially keeping many miles clear of it, potentially even to the point where it impacts us here in Moore Bay and the whale watching. It might be that no whales want to come within 20, 30, 50 miles of the, that wind farm because of the noise and interference to them. Morro Bay is still years away from seeing wind turbines off its coast, meaning there's still a long way to go until we know whether or not it will be a major threat to California's migratory whales. For the California Report, I'm Amanda Wernick in Morro Bay. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, December 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Marie Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Personal Capital providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals, personalcapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.